This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome into Sports Talk here on this manic Monday, the Monday after the weekend of the Touchstone Energy Bowl North-South All-Star Game down in Myrtle Beach. We had a great time down there. Enjoyed being at the ball game, being uh, down at the beach all week, covering that event. Saw some really good football players play on Saturday, and it came right down to the very ends. We had a good football game, and now the baton's been handed off to the folks at the Shrine Bowl as they began practice today up at Spartanburg High School. More on that coming up. Phone number 888-898-2525, Phil Kornblut and Pat Daniel. Here at the Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia, Chris Bergen, well, he's off for a warm, sunny vacation to South Dakota. He and the Shauna Clears are flying up to South Dakota, actually flying to Omaha and busing to wherever it is in South Dakota they're going. Where is the University of South Dakota located? Is that Bismarck, maybe? I don't know too many towns in South Dakota. Bismarck would be one. But that's where they're headed. I know Fargo is in North Dakota, right? And Bismarck would be in South Dakota. Outside of that, I can't tell you too many other locales in those two wonderful states. Two states I've never uh, visited. I'd like to hit the, the Dakotas one time. But anyway, uh, Chris is gone. He may be with us some uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Pat is here, and we got plenty to talk about. My goodness, sitting there today, and things were just exploding from a Gamecock standpoint, beginning with Zach Pickens telling reporters at the senior ring ceremony today that he's not going to play in the bowl game. He had already decided to move on with his career. He'd accepted an invitation to play in the senior bowl, but now he says he's not going to play in the bowl game, and he's going to go ahead and start getting ready for the NFL draft and whatever uh, he has to do to get ready for that and also for that senior bowl. So no Zach Pickens for the Gamecocks defensive front. Ironically, is it ironic? His last name is Pickens. His last game in a Gamecock uniform was in Pickens County. I thought of that. Uh, What else? And then, not too long after that, first you digest that news. And... uh, And by the way, at the same ring ceremony, a couple of the Gamecock senior players uh, said they will be coming back for another year. Uh, One is uh, Marcellus Dial, cornerback, who came on and played very well for them this year. Did a heck of a job. And the other one is, uh, I got to look it up. I don't have my computer open yet. I got to look it up. But I'll tell you in just a moment who that is. So stay tuned for that. But. Then, not too long after that, you had Marshawn Lloyd being in the transfer portal, John, the running back, and he is moving on. And Marshawn Lloyd, over the weekend, pretty much scrubbed his social media locations, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, He got rid of all the, the Gamecock stuff 
kind of an indication that maybe something was up. But you didn't want to say anything until he made it official. And, well, I don't know if he's made it official, but people who monitor the database, the transfer portal, John, whoever monitor, you know, different websites that monitor that, they see whenever a guy's name pops up in there. And they saw his name pop up in there in Booyah. It was out and being reported. So Marshawn Lloyd headed uh, elsewhere. Then you had um, Jaheim Bell committing to Florida State. All this happening within uh, minutes of one another. So very busy afternoon from a Gamecock standpoint. Not a good day for uh, the Gamecocks. Which brings up the question, of course, when this happens, especially when it happens in bulk. You know, when it comes at you, if it's a little bit of a dribble here, a dribble there, okay, that's one thing. But when it comes at you in a tidal wave of bad news related to what we have today in college sports, what is your reaction to it? I think, you know, you know my feeling about it. You know, I've talked about it many, many times, and I'm not going to spend any time here now talking about how much I dislike everything that's going on in college athletics, how I don't think this is workable, how I don't think you run a business this way, how no professional league operates this way with complete freedom for the players, complete freedom. And you know how I feel about loyalty and how I feel about a player finishing off the cause and not walking away from his team. And you know how I feel about, uh, just not completing the task, you know, that you signed up for. And we're seeing that all over the country. You know, we're seeing many more people going into the transfer portal, John, than there are places for them to go. It really makes no sense. It really makes no sense. But what I want to do tonight, 888-898-2525 is part of our conversation tonight. 888-898-2525. What do you think now with everything that's been given to the players? How much more can a school, how much more can a fan base give to players and yet the players will still walk out on you? How do you feel when you give money to your respective collective to give to the player and the player takes the money and then he walks out on you before the task is done? Should there not be some restraints put in place here? like there are in other, yes, I said other, professional leagues because college sports is a professional league. They've just now gotten to where they're paying actual money. It's always been a professional league. When you're giving something, when you're giving something based on your individual talents and somebody gives you something to use those talents on their behalf, well, that makes you a professional. And getting a scholarship and everything that came with that, that is actually being a professional. But they cover that up, of course, for all those years. Now you're getting actual money. You're having money funneled to you legally, not under the table. They were getting that before, too. But now it's all above board, except the IRS hasn't really stuck its nose in it yet, but they will at some point. This NIL money is going to have to be accounted for tax-wise, I'm sure, at some point in time. But you're getting this money. And you're not completing the job. I mean, when you sign up, you sign up for a season. A season doesn't end in November. A season ends after your last game. 
And I would think there'd be some people who might want to put somebody's toes to the fire here and say, wait a minute, you can't leave yet. We still have another game to go. And I would think if I'm a fan putting money into an organization and my quarterback leaves and my running back leaves and my tight end leaves and my starting safety leaves, all these people leave because they want to get on with their NFL draft preparation whatever that means, whatever that details, um, I think I'd be a little pissed off about it, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm the Gator Bowl, for example. This, These are not the South Carolina and Notre Dame teams that uh, they offered in uh, early December. Notre Dame still had their quarterback. Notre Dame still had their great tight end, their outstanding defensive end. South Carolina still had their starting tight end. Their other starting tight end. Uh, they still had um, their starting running back. So, I mean, they'll be a shell of themselves in some ways by the time they get to the bowl game. That's not fair to the bowl game. It's not fair to the fans. And, I mean, I think somebody should do something about it. I mean, my thought is they need to put something in the the scholarships that you sign that say that some kind of clause or something that would say by signing this scholarship, you are locked in to a full season in your particular sport. And a full season would be identified as uh, all games that are scheduled and that could follow in the postseason until the last possible game is played. And then if you break this, then I think you should be docked. If you miss, if you walk out on your team and you miss one game, I think, and you got a 13-game season, you should have to pay back one-thirteenth of your scholarship. Miss two games, you pay back two-thirteenths of your scholarship if you had a 13-game season. There's got to be something. You just can't let the players run everything. There's got to be something put in place that says, okay, there's a penalty to play for walking out. And I know people say, well, coaches do it. Well, there is a penalty that coaches pay for walking out. It's called a buyout. Back to the school you're leaving. You break the contract, then there's a buyout to pay back. So there is a penalty. And they do walk. I get it. Coaches do walk to go to better jobs. There is a penalty that they pay for doing so. No school today hires a coach without having a buyout put in the contract. So these are some of my thoughts after watching what went down today and watching a USC football team that had, um, you know, fought and clawed its way to an eight-game, an eight-win regular season, and now key parts are missing. Will these key parts be missed in a bowl game? I would say so. I think a, health, a healthy Marshawn Lloyd – and certainly the guy that makes the running game go for South Carolina. Uh, Jaheim Bell, obviously, is a guy that you use many different ways in getting him the football. Uh, and on and on. I could cite them all. They all meant something to the team. And Clemson, of course, is not immune to this either, except the difference right now is uh, Clemson hasn't lost any starters. But I'm hearing Brzee might opt out of the bowl game. And Murphy could be another one. I'm not saying it's happened yet. I'm just telling you what I'm hearing as far as Clemson is concerned.
that that could, that could happen. And there could be others. But so far, the Tigers have avoided losing the major player, the starter. You know, they've, the guys that they've lost were role players, contributors in some ways. Uh, you could argue E.J. Williams was a, a starter. Nah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, he started early, I think, got hurt, kind of fell behind, um, but wasn't somebody being counted on over the last part of the season. So they've kind of avoided that to this point. Okay, Uyangalale. He was the starter, but then he lost his job. You count him as a starter? You do count him as a major piece, I guess, because if something happens to Klubnik against Tennessee, if he gets hurt early in the ballgame, let's say, who's going to step in and be the quarterback? Nobody else has played at quarterback for them this year. They've got no real safety net now at quarterback going into the bowl game. So these are some thoughts that I've been thinking today, and I want to hear your thoughts. I know you've been thinking about it as well. Do you just – you tell me what makes you happy. Do you just roll with the tide and let it happen and just say, hey, that's life, that's life today, just let it roll? Or do you want something done about it? Phone number is 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. We're going to get right to your phone calls after the break, and we're going to have a full night of phone calls here. One thing we might do if we can dial him up here later on is connect with Shrine Bowl coach Jerry Brown after today's first day of, of practice for the Sandlappers and the Tar Heels. In fact, there were three original picks for the South Carolina Shrine Bowl team that opted out for one reason or another. Xavier McLeod and Monroe Freeling and Myson Kelly. And they opted not to play, not aware of any of the three being injured. They just opted not to play. So they're not with the Sandlappers. They were replaced by other players. And we'll tell you who those are in just a moment. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number here on Sports Talk. We'll dive into those phone calls right after the break. Be right back. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. Hi, this is Phil Kornblut of Sports Talk here with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. What words of wisdom do you have for those hitting the water this summer? Phil, collisions can be prevented easily if every vessel operator fulfills three major responsibilities. One, practice good seamanship. It's the responsibility of every boat or PwC operator to take all necessary action to avoid a collision. Two, keep a proper lookout. Failing to keep a sharp lookout is the most common cause of boating collisions. And finally, maintain a safe speed. Remember, boat safe, boat smart. 
Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Okay, we're back. It's a Monday night here on Sports Talk. Glad you're with us. 888-898-2525 is our phone number. South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. A lot of things happening out there. A lot of things to talk about. And we'll touch on everything as we move on through the show. But we want to get to your phone calls right now. And, of course, our lucky number into Sports Talk, our South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, more than $2.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund life scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. And playing for fun is a win for education. Okay, let's jump right into your phone calls. As promised, we go to Harold in Greenville. Up first tonight, Harold, welcome in. How are you? Uh, doing fine, Corn. Glad to be the leadoff. I tried to get get you before, but it was too late. Yes, sir. Listen, you you covered everything. That I, listen, I, I'm Harold Turnipid. How about that, Turnipid? When it comes to this NIL, <laughs> okay, all this, this transfer. But you, one thing that gets me over the years, I've listened to sports and how the NCAA, all their mandates, you know into a different uh, part of the, you know, about sports. Listen, here's my, if you're on a team, whether you're uh, impact or not impact, is going to a bowl game, there's no way that you should be able to transfer in the NIL after that bowl game. And then, only then can you transfer one time. Now, I mean, I mean, that's my solution to it, but, uh, and as far as Marshawn Lloyd, I was shocked to hear him going to the transfer portal. You know, his last four games, I think he uh, went down into Missouri. No impact in Florida. No impact in Tennessee. And I don't know how healthy, uh, healthy he was in the Clemson game, but he wasn't no impact player in that game. So, you know, I'm like you. They Something's got to be done with this stuff, you know. It's, I mean... What would you right suggest? Now, what is your suggest? If there was one thing, what would you suggest? I would, I would suggest if you're on a team that's going to the bowl game, then you can't go into the transfer portal until after that game. That'd be the one major factor, you know. All right. Well, hey, thank you for the phone call. Great stuff. I actually put down over the weekend some thoughts, a list of ideas that I would do. Eliminate the early signing period. This way, the coaching changes that happen, all that can run their course. You, as the player, will know who your coach is going to be. 
staffs will be filled out by February signing period. If you insist on graduating from high school early and enrolling early, well, then you just don't sign a letter of intent. Now, that gives you the freedom to back away. That doesn't protect the school. That's more of a protection for you, the player. But if you eliminate the early signing period, it also takes out away that pressure. You know, we hear that schools are under pressure now to fill openings on their staff before the early signing period. We just do away with the early signing period. That eliminates that pressure. All the rules that have been made recently regarding college sports, and we'll focus on college football, it just seems like it's put everything into a rush situation. You got to rush to do this. You got to rush to graduate from high school, rush to enroll in college, rush to get signed. You can still commit and enroll in January, but you don't sign a LOI. Now, don't open the transfer window until after the February signing day. Players should not be able to opt out of their scholarship agreement until the season is completed, and this will force coaches to recruit more high school players to fill up spots. Then after signing day, if some veterans want to transfer, you can replace them from the portal or with late signees. I think that makes good, perfectly good sense. You can't go into the transfer portal until after the February signing period. And that way, everybody knows that from a recruiting standpoint, schools have either filled up their roster with high school players that they want or junior college players that they want. And if they are shy, then they can go into the portal. That might discourage some players from just jumping in the portal just for the sake of trying to find a a new location, and they end up finding nothing. It might make you be a little more selective. And then a scholarship should be like a pro contract both ways, the school honoring it for four to five years, the player honoring it as well, except for the one-time transfer clause or the grad transfer clause. So you sign that scholarship, they should make them, they should make them four to five years to cover the time that you're in college, hopefully getting an education. The school should be good for that. And unless you do something criminally, I'm not even sure they have academic standards anymore that you can flunk out. Do they even have those anymore? Can you do something academically that will get you suspended? But as long as you don't do anything criminally, you're in good standing. They honor the scholarship, but in reverse, you honor it as well. Now, I know the one-time transfer is there and the grad transfer is there, and I've already talked about how that should work. So those are a few of my thoughts over the weekend as all this stuff was playing out. We'll continue with yours as we go to uh, Hank in Columbia. Hank, welcome into Sports Talk. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Corn. Um, there is a, I, I don't see how there's much they really can do because uh, – um, the thing about going to the four- or five-year scholarship, as you mentioned, and making school and player honor is um, the reason that a lot of places don't do it is because you get the player that gets there, he's on the team. He shows up to practice all the time, but, you know, you can tell he's just going through the motions being having as, fun, as much fun as he does with college. So, you have coaches end up with players who they show up to everything, but, you know, you can tell they're not putting forth the effort. Well, look, there's there's no perfect solution. There's no absolute perfect, but you try to come up with the best rules that that you can 
to come as close to that as you can. I mean, there's going to be some that always are going to take advantage and abuse the situation. But these are professional organizations, the NCAA, college sports. They're, pro- they're pros now. The guys are getting paid. Whether yeah, it's just it's just whether it's just scholarship, whether it's just scholarship, or you're getting scholarship and thousands of dollars through NIL, you're getting paid. So you should behave like a pro, and there should be rules in place like the pros. You just can't, as a professional athlete, up and leave your team without being fined. You can you can quit if you want to. You can retire, but or you, if you flat out quit, refuse to refuse to play, they're going to hit you with some fines and things like that. But you just can't leave the San Francisco 49ers on your own and go play for the L.A. Rams three weeks down the road. just doesn't work that way. The difference between that point is if you start um, putting those particulars in there, then you're going to end up with you end up with the scenario that you have. Um, they're basically employees, and then you got a whole other ballgame to go with that. Well, point out, one thing I'll say you always mentioned about the NIL and taxes and the IRS. Almost every one of these players you hear with these big NIL deals, you always hear them refer to it, which is different from before. All right, hang on, hang on. We'll let you finish up after the break. Be right back. Continue with the phone calls. Back on Sports Talk on a uh, Monday night, 888-898-2525 is the phone number, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. Come to you from the Dave & Buster's studios. Eat, drink, play, catch the big games all season long. Dave & Buster's, Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. It's an experience. It's more than just a meal. It's an experience. So make sure you get to Dave & Buster's and enjoy. Uh, A couple of quick things, and we'll get back to your phone calls. A lot of things happening, as you no doubt know. Massive heart attack for Mike Leach, the Mississippi State coach. This was reported by the Clarion Ledger late this afternoon. And unless something's changed the last little bit, uh, he's in there fighting. But we're calling it a massive heart attack. They rushed him to the hospital. He actually, in this story, it said that he went unattended for like 10 to 15 minutes, did not receive medical attention for between 10 to 15 minutes after he collapsed at his home in Starkville. He's 61. EMTs used a defibrillator and delivered multiple shocks to restore normal heart rhythm. He was stabilized, taken to the hospital, and according to the sources here, Leach may have suffered seizures with the possibility of brain damage. Sources said the situation is dire. They list him in critical condition. That was certainly shocking news when when that came down. Uh, what else do we have for you here? Former Clemson linebacker Kevin Swimp transferring to Georgia State. Dorman product, Alabama forward Noah Clowney, the SEC co-freshman of the week. And Shrine Bowl roster, we told you, some changes there. From the original roster, so you had defensive tackle Xavier McLeod, Mr. Football in South Carolina, by the way. Boy, that got a lot of reaction over the weekend. Uh, He was replaced by A.J. Miller of South Point. 
Defensive back Myson Kelly of Daniel replaced by Justin Brunson of Calhoun County and offensive lineman Monroe Freeling of Oceanside Collegiate replaced by Kanan Liggins of Ridge Spring Mineta. Okay, and let's see. Oh, a um, lot of talk over the weekend again about uh, Dowell Loggins and South Carolina. And uh, Mike Gillespie from Channel 25 in Columbia reported this afternoon. It's official. Oh, he, as he put it, Dowell Loggins will officially be the next offensive coordinator at South Carolina. Deal is done, according to a source, he said in his, uh, in his tweet there. I mentioned um, the two players who told reporters today at the USC ring ceremony that they're coming back after Zach Pickens said he's not going to play in the bowl game. The two are Marion Brown and Marcellus Dial, receiver and corner, and Josh Van whose eligibility is up, is trying to get healthy so he can play. Remember, he got hurt in the Clemson game. He's trying to get healthy so he can play in the bowl game. Braves acquired Sean Murphy from Oakland today. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Oh, Grayson McCall is gonna has entered a transfer portal, John. Um, after the Birmingham Bowl, I'm sorry, he hasn't entered it yet. He plans to enter the transfer portal, John, after the uh, Birmingham Bowl. Winthrop forward Kelton Talford out of Great Falls is the Big South Men's Player of the Week. Our poll question of the week. Spencer Rattler has not decided if he will return for a second season with the Gamecocks. If he does, what would you expect USC to achieve in 2023? The college football playoff, the SEC championship game, minimum of 10 wins, Another eight and four. Fifty-one point three percent say another eight and four. Thirty-eight percent say a minimum of ten wins. Five point nine percent SEC championship game they will reach. Four point eight percent say the Gamecocks will make the college football playoff. Don't know what Rattler's going to do. It's interesting that South Carolina, according to Brad uh, Brad Crawford of 24-7 sports, South Carolina is one of the teams to reach out to Devin Leary, the transferring NC State quarterback. Why would they reach out to a transferring quarterback unless they think they're losing the quarterback that transferred into them? If you keep taking transfer quarterbacks, how are you ever going to develop young high school quarterbacks behind them if they never get to play? Coastal Carolina backup quarterback Bryce Carpenter has been suspended indefinitely from all football-related activities after being arrested Sunday and being accused of third-degree assault and battery. Played in 11 games this season, started in two of the games. And Chris Beard, the basketball coach at Texas, arrested in Austin, Texas. And he was uh, he was charged with... Um, uh, assaulting, uh, let's see, he's uh, charged with assault by strangulation, suffocation, family violence, a third-degree felony. <laughs> so he's got something to uh, to explain there. Okay, uh, back to the phone calls, triple it, yes, sir. There's a cu- couple more news notes to add in here as well. Uh, circling back, though, to things you've, you've mentioned, Chris Beard, as you said, is with the Coastal Carolina basketball team out in South Dakota. Not sure yet if he'll Chris be Chris Bergen. What did I say? Chris Beard. 
Oh, sorry, still on the brain from you just saying that. Chris Bergen, apologies. Don't want to get you too confused. Um, <laughs> South Dakota men's basketball first-year head coach Eric Peterson suffered suffered multiple injuries this last Wednesday night as the result of a fall um, at his home, apparently putting up Christmas decorations. He, he's a young guy, too. He missed their um, their game over the weekend against UC Irvine. Not yet sure if he will be coaching South Dakota tomorrow night against Coastal or not. Just wanted to throw that out there. Um, and then Scott Eisberg down in Charleston is reporting that he's been told by sources that um, Maurice Drayton has been offered the head, co- the new head coaching job at the Citadel, and the ball is in Drayton's court now. The Citadel wants him, but he still has to officially agree to and sign the contract. He formerly was a player and graduate of the Citadel class of 98, and he served as the defensive coordinator on the Citadel's 2015 SOCON championship team. He also was an assistant for your Green Bay Packers in the NFL. Yes, he was. He'd be a very popular pick. Wait a minute. Maurice Drayton with the Packers. He wasn't the special teams coach that was, like, horrible. I wasn't going to say it. So he was the yeah. assistant special teams coach oh. 2018 to 2020, oh. and then he was oh. the official coordinator in 2021. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I was going to leave that part out. Awful. One other last In last that thing. position. I'm sure, sure he's good right. in everything else. Uh Colin Taylor here in town is reporting that, um, or actually, I'm sorry, he's just adding to the fact Arkansas tight end Trey Knox is officially in the transfer portal and made the connection that Step of USC recruited him and Dow Loggins coached him last year at Arkansas. And now, of course, with the Gamecocks losing their top two tight ends in Jaheim Bell and Austin Stogner, can't help but wonder if maybe we'll be seeing him in a Gamecock uniform. I can't believe fans like this. I just can't believe it. You younger fans, I guess, you probably like it, you know. I can't believe the older, more mature segment of the fandom likes this. I can't believe anybody likes it. I can't believe coaches like it. I mean, and I don't know what goes through the minds of the players. Uh, We've given them carte blanche to do whatever they want. Nobody will stand up to them and tell them otherwise. They always think the grass is greener somewhere else. Um I mean, look at Austin Stogner. I mean, he went back from where he came. What does that mean? Uh, he he was a starting tight end here, playing with his buddy quarterback, and and left after one year. What what about the fan? I mean, what does it mean when you got all in being preached about from Dabo Sweeney and welcome home all family being preached about from South Carolina, and you have all these people leaving? And we're talking about frontline players. Key players at South Carolina. This is the one difference right now between South Carolina and Clemson's situation. Clemson hasn't lost a difference maker to this point to transfer. It might happen, as I mentioned, you know, Bressy, uh, possibly, maybe others. They haven't come forward yet. Now, Dabo Sweeney's talking with us in the media tomorrow. They begin bowl practice tomorrow. But I don't know. It seems to me like more and more are not all in and more and more don't feel like they're welcomed home in their family at South Carolina with the uh, with the players who are leaving. Okay, let's go back to Hank real quick. Uh, he was with us as we hit the break. We had to jump in there. Hank, go right ahead. You're back on Sports Talk. Good to have you. Okay, Corn. Yeah, one, one of the things I was saying before the break was that um, you would, when you talk about these kids with NIL and taxes, almost every one of these kids with these NIL deals, when they're talking about it, they mentioned their agents. And so you haven't heard a lot on that tax front because most of the agents are there, like these, 
these kids are talking, they have business partners. They're taking care of the tax thing before they even get it. Maybe. You know, I think any school, any school that's having kids do NIL, and a lot of schools, even though they're not setting them up, they're involved with the education. It's just the same thing as these kids being 21 and 22 who come out and get a job with BMW or whoever. They're setting them up. <laughs> they're setting up the well, way. <laughs> I don't know because I hate to say it. You go to work for BMW, IBM, big companies like that. You're in their system. It's all taken care of. Some of these kids, maybe like a lot of little- these kids, hang on. They're signing up with some, some groups that are just being formed, and they have no track record. There's going to be a lot of, I have a feeling, a lot of lawsuits coming down the line here over the years as this thing picks up and people start getting swindled. And, you know, all of a sudden players find out their taxes weren't getting paid. Um, They're not getting their cut like they should have been. There's going to be, there's going to be some theft going on there. Don't you think at some point in time? I I, I think, I don't think the tax thing is going to come up. I really, I think that uh, with the kids, a lot of these kids have agents who also represent professionals. And so, I, and now there may be the thing of some of the agents taking a bigger cut than the kids wanted. I can see that, but I just don't think players are gonna get in trouble. But as far as this transfer thing, corn, you know, I'm at the stage where you know people, and I think you guys have gotten desensitized to the stage that you kind of roll with the punches. You, you've been mentioning the Carolina transfers, right? When you mention them, uh, when you mention Lloyd and Stogner. If you think about Lloyd and Stogner, you take Bell out of it. Stogner nor Lloyd were a big part of the two biggest victories, were they? Stogner or Stogner Lloyd? Played. Yeah. They, Stogner played and Yeah, Lloyd, but come on. Lloyd. Lloyd's been hurt. Lloyd's had that no, bad thigh. Had, had, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, you know. What, what, I'm saying, I, what I'm saying is neither one of those victories. And I'm not I'm not discounting them because I, lo- I like both players. I'm just saying neither one of them – were a part of their two biggest victories. So when you look at um, how fans start to look at it, they'll take, you know, they'll look at Bell and say he's a loss for the potential talent he has. But this is the thing. You got Kobe Pace that goes into the portal from Clemson, right? And you look at these people, look at these kids that are going in the portal, a lot of them are just like our players, top line. So I think fans have got to the point where they say the kid goes in the portal, hey, well, we'll just find a running back. And we'll find so-and-so to plug in, and and we'll keep on moving. I think fans have gotten to that because two or three years ago when kids started opting out, that was all the shock and awe. Because if you look well, at the James with Carolina, even with our losses, our losses are, were not of the magnitude of the of the kids who opted out for Notre Dame. All them kids are like first-rounders. Well, and thank you for the phone call, Hank. Always appreciate it. I don't know. I think that um, you, you you talk about a player leaving and you just replace him with somebody else, plug and play, plug and play. And I look at Clemson's running back situation. Their running back room, talent-wise, has gone in the pits from where they used to be. Pat, you're a close observer of Clemson. Agree or disagree? When you think back in recent years to the Wayne Gallman, Travis Etienne, um, and now you look at what you've got 
at this particular time. Okay, there's Shipley. But then after Shipley, you've got, well, Pace is gone. He never really made it, and he was hurt some. And Maffa is there. He's more of a role player right now than a lead player. They're recruiting. They're going to they're gonna get uh, Jarvis Green tomorrow, and they're probably going to get the running back out of Alabama. And they might turn out to be excellent players. But nobody else in Division One wanted them, offered them. And that's kind of my – that's my read. That's how I look at a player. Who else wanted you in Division One? Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to go to a place and blow up and have a great career. You just might do that. Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro. You know, that always comes to mind. But that's not Clemson recruiting of past. I mean, they used to have to just pass on outstanding running backs because they didn't have room. Now they can't attract them. When I say outstanding running backs, I'm talking about guys with – Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma offers, Florida, Georgia, the big ones, all the major power brokers. That's not happening with them right now. Now, is that and, – and am I trying to tie that in with – all I'm trying to tie in with that to transfer is you lose players and you think you can plug and play, but you're, you're decreasing in, I think, quality in the, in, the, in the quality of the player when you do that over and over again. Will Shipley was the number two ranked running back in the country. I mentioned him as being good. I, I know, but, you're, but if you're saying the running room, running back room is down. I mean, that's, that's I'm sorry, one. That's, that's, that's a, one. Okay, sure. One. So you got to have one. more than one. I understand. Phil Maffa was the number eleven ranked recruiting or running back in the country coming out of high school out of Loganville, Georgia. He was very, very highly regarded. Uh, Hasn't lived up to it. Is that a joke? Phil, you don't think Phil Maffa has lived up to the hype? You don't think? He's, no, obviously eleventh best running back in the country. And he's playing behind Will Shipley, who was number two. You don't think having Phil Maffa as your backup running back is is good? A guy that averages over five yards a carry on the season? All right, go ahead. I'll give you that. That's not good. I'll give you that. Go ahead. I just and if you ever need a hard a hard one yard between the two of them, that's two hard nosed running backs that that certainly like contact. Um, Kobe Pace, maybe that's a fair argument there. He was a three star out of high school. I know you're not big on the stars, but just to show the expectations were borderline there. Uh, remember Travis Etienne. Yes, he had a lot of offers, but quite frankly, he didn't have very many until Clemson offered him. And then a lot of other schools started jumping on board. Well, remember, now, he committed early. Um, he did, but other schools then jumped on and continued yeah. to chase him. Uh, Oregon, Texas A&M, Alabama, mm-hmm. Tennessee, they all kept reaching out to him until, quite frankly, until he stepped foot on campus at Clemson. Uh, he was a fringe three-slash-four-star running back, though. I mean, my point is if you're going by, you don't think that they're getting the top-notch recruits, He wasn't. he was looked at as good, but he was – he was number 15 running back in the country. So he was behind Maffa. He's behind Shipley. I, I just I think I would push back against that a little bit. The, the one concern Clemson may have now is after Shipley. That, you're absolutely spot on. Right now, they seem to be missing on a lot of the top running backs. They have now had to kind of revert back to, and I hope he does a great job. The young man out of, and help me out, I'm so bad with names of high schoolers, uh, coming out of Dutch Fork. Who they have Jarvis now Green. On, Jarvis Green, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, but Clemson has see, has proven to have a knack of finding guys that are maybe three or four star guys that are kind of under the radar and turn them into into great players. A lot of those have been on the defensive side of the ball, but they've certainly had some of those offensively as well. Um, but you do make some good points there. But I would push back a, a, a little bit about the decline and also with the transfer portal, they could still bring somebody in. I do think Dabo Sweeney's going to have to change his tune on that. But also, if you're a young man, you're a top running back recruit in the country, do you really want to go play behind Will Shipley for a year or two? 
next year, I would imagine Clemson may get some of those top running back targets because Shipley will no longer be in the picture. All right. I got a note here from listener Randy says, I don't like it. I don't even know who will play in the bowl game, and the Gator Bowl wants me to pay $300 for a ticket, not adding up to me. Thank you for that. Our buddy Bob Corlew from our affiliate up in Spartanburg Woodruff, WQUL, cool, informs us that the University of South Dakota is in Vermilion. And he's been to South Dakota several times, but never to Vermilion. Oh, he also tells me that Bismarck is also in North Dakota. So Bismarck and Fargo are in North Dakota. So South Dakota has no famous, no famous cities. I'd never heard of Vermilion. Um, I guess that's the state capital, right? Vermilion. If that's where the University of South Dakota is located. By the way, Bob's a judge, so never question anything that he says. I take everything he says uh, directly. Uh, back to your phone calls. We appreciate your patience. Let's go to. Um, is it Gamecock Larry? Gamecock Larry. He'll answer everything for us in Swansea. Gamecock Larry, welcome in. How are you? I'm all right, sir. I'm Mr. Phil, I want to say I really enjoyed the ball game Saturday listening to you. I can tell you got some of your uh, training from the old, the original voice of the Gamecock, Bob Fulton. <laughs> but uh, let me talk to you a little bit about this uh, transfer portal. The free agency of college football. If I had anything to do it, what they should do, too late now, they should have said nobody can go into the transfer portal until after their team's football season is over. They will be no opt-outs. And they call it opt-out. I call it a quitter. Now, you, I know you probably, your fans don't like it, but I'm going to tell you like it is. If you start doing something with your team, with your buddies, and you can't finish it, you are a Q-U-I-T-T-E-R. Now, let's get, well, let's see what else I had to say. Hmm. Well, let me see. I got one more thing out. Very important. Uh, oh, but I don't forget it. I, I just have to call back tomorrow night. But I want to ask Mr. Phil one thing. Yes, sir. Is Teddy Hefner still on the radio? Yes, sir. In the morning, 9 to, 9 to 12? Yes, sir. He's on the local station in Columbia, 1400 AM. Okay, I'm going to have to put it on that tomorrow because I don't got them all mad at me down here. They from 9 to 12. You, you need station. to call They're Teddy. You, you need to call Teddy and have a nice conversation with him. I, I want to be listening when you two have a conversation. I think that'd be I'm fun. I'm going to call him in the morning because I, I, got, I, got I got him upset down here on that 9 to 12. I got him upset because I told him what I thought about him. Oh. I mean, I, I love them, but uh, I'll tell you what, I don't like the attitude. They think they're better than anybody else. They think they know everything. I just wish I could buy them for what they think they are, or what they think they are, mm. and sell them for what they are worth. I would be a billionaire. 
I wouldn't have to get in no transfer portal. <laughs> but that's about all I got to say. I'm going to call Mr. Hefner. Yes, sir. In the morning, I, I'm going to call him at 9 to 12. And you other guys on the Southern Station, you don't like it, you got my number, call me and tell me. That's about all I got to say. I'm an old-timer, and I'll say what I what's in my heart, what I mean, I will say it. If I think you're wrong, I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. If I think you're right, I'm going to tell you. And you don't like it, you know, you can just, well. You can lump it. If you don't like it, you can lump it. We might get fledged on out. Go All game, right. Cop. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's an old expression, right? If you don't like it, lump it. Sure. That, that goes back a few few decades. You don't like it, lump it. But I thought Larry would probably pick up on that. Thank you, Larry, and enjoy your conversation with Teddy in the morning. Phil, one more quick note here. I just I got curious and was looking up uh, Wayne Gallman's recruiting profile. Mm-hmm. You would know better than me, but he was recruited as a linebacker to Clemson, not as a running back. Is that Am I reading this right? He was the number 21-ranked outside linebacker in the country out of high school, but he converted to running back? I don't remember Georgia. that. I don't remember him converting from linebacker. That might very well be true. You're too hung up on this ranking and that ranking. I just think about Well, you said that they were who, missing all the top best best prospects. Well, they have missed on, you go back and look, they've missed on a number of top running backs. They went after the kid from Fort Lauderdale. He, he eliminated them. They tried to get in on Justin Haynes, couldn't get involved with him. Right, but you also said that they they weren't getting guys such as Wayne Gallman in the recruiting, and he was a linebacker, not even a running back. No, That's I think he was point. a running back, too. I mean, he might have been a two-position guy, but I can go back and pull up my recruiting notes if you really want to get serious about this, okay? And I can straighten you out on that. No, he was a running back. back. He was a running back. All the way he was a running back. He never played linebacker at Clemson. Show no, me no, where no, he no, played no. linebacker I, I never said he was. I said okay. in high school he was looked at as a linebacker, uh, not a running back. Mar- you said a, that they missed out on guys such as him. Multi-position, multi-position guy who found his home at running back with Clemson and then went on to the NFL. All right, we'll continue with your phone calls. And Coach Jerry Brown will join us at 730. Back after the break. Welcome back to Sports Talk. On the Sports Talk Media Network, you can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk on this Monday night, taking your phone calls, listening to what you have to say. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. We've got Jerry Brown, coach of the Shrine Bowl team, coming up at 735. So we'll get a update from him on the first day of practice for the Sandlappers up there in Spartanburg. Chris Beard, basketball coach at Texas, has been suspended without pay indefinitely after his arrest, as we talked about earlier. Back to your phone calls. Let's go to Keith in Camden. We'll get Keith on with us. Keith, welcome into Sports Talk. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, but I thought Pastor Keith might need to give you two a call to separate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little back and forth I love debate. It. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to be short. Uh, looks like 
a lot of people a little long-winded tonight. Mm. Talk about with the departure of Lloyd. What does the running running back look, room look like? So I'll hang up and listen. All right. And you tell Pat what I told him. <laughs> Y'all have a good evening. Gotcha. You got it. Thank you very much. Great hearing from you. So with Lloyd out of the picture and the Gamecocks, they've got, of course, Juju McDaniel, who's played a lot. Uh, Christian Bill Smith, if he's healthy. So they stand to be the top two. And there's Rashad Amos and there's Lavoisier Carroll, who you could play. They haven't played, but you could get them ready and not lose the uh, redshirt year if you're looking to redshirt them because I don't think – I'd have to go back and check. I don't think they've hit the uh, four-game cutoff on that yet with those guys. Again, I'd have to double-check it. But uh, and of course, don't forget another running back you lose is Jaheim Bell, even though he's listed as a tight end. He played a lot of running back here uh, recently, so you're hurt with your really your top two running backs gone, and that leaves you with Juju McDaniel, Christian Beal Smith. Those are the only other two that have played much. Rashad Amos has played a touch, and then maybe you get Lavoisier Carroll going a little bit. But that's what it looks like when you lose your top two guys there. Thank you very much. Appreciate the phone call. 888-898-2525. Andy in Columbia. Nope. That's Jimmy in Simpsonville. Jimmy, welcome in to Sports Talk. How are you? Hey, guys. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, man. How you doing? Oh, pretty good. Uh, it's very disappointing to hear about Marshawn Lloyd, but I, for some reason, had a feeling he was going to do that. But, you know, there's a lot of bad things about the transfer portal. If I was another team, I mean, do you want to take a chance this player's going to do the same thing to you? And then the other thing is Marshawn is damaged goods. I mean, he had a torn ACL his first year. He stayed injured quite a bit. Uh, If you're another team, would you want a chance, you know, paying him a big NIL deal uh, to come play for your team? But, yeah, it, it causes a lot of problems because he was our star running back before he went down with an injury this year, and he was playing really well. And then Jaheim Bell was backing him up when he was injured. So it's like you said, uh, this one fan, uh, he's paying $300 for a ticket, and he doesn't know what team, what what players they're going to have on the team on the field to make it worth him paying $300 for. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And do you want your money back? Let's just say you're in one of those collectives and you know the money's going to one of these players. Maybe you've been given money and it's been going directly to Jaheim Bell, or it's been going to Lloyd, or any other schools. It could be any school with a collective. The money's going right to the player. I mean, don't you expect you're giving that money for them to play on out through the entire season? Do you want a refund? Do you think? Well, don't you expect that your money is is for is good for the entire season, or does it uh, does it dry up once the regular season ends? Well, I think that. Uh you would think they would have a contract along with the NIL deal. And you think they would have a stipulation contract if they breach it, that they can sue them for all their money back if they breach the contract. But uh, I, I doubt that they're just giving them the money without a contract. What do y'all think? Well, I would imagine that there's some document signed between player and uh, agent or player and uh collective that is outside the purview of the university the university has their own when i say university i'm not talking about south carolina i'm talking about all of them they have their own internal collective 
that they're asking people to give money to. But then you've got your outside collectives that sprang up when all this NIL stuff started to happen, and they started seeking money from people to give to the players so that they, they could have uh, autograph signings and somehow they could turn it around and make money off the players. The players could make money. They could make money. And you pay the money. Um, so, I mean, look, it's up to the individual. It's how you feel about it. Do you feel shortchanged by it, or, or are you okay and just realize that's the cost of doing business? Definitely, uh, I feel shortchanged. Uh, as a fan, I've been counting on this player to help us all the way through our season. And, yeah, it's just not a, you know, I would never do that if I made an NIL agreement for sure. Now, I can understand some of these players that are opting out of the bowl games because they're going in the NFL draft. They don't want to take a chance of having a career-ending injury. I, I have no problem with uh, players opting out that are going to the NFL. But this whole transfer portal thing, if you make a commitment to a team, that means the regular season and the bowl game. Well, so, I understand. I, I, I have, you know, and thank you very much for the phone call. I mean, my problem doesn't end with the portal. I have a problem with guys opting out of playing in the bowl game because I just think you finish the season with your team and the the chance of you getting hurt, you could get hurt in any of the previous 12 games. I mean, you you play football, there's always a chance of getting hurt. And uh, how do you rationalize that game by game? You're going to take, okay, I'm not going to play in week six because I might get hurt. And, I mean, you just – I don't know. Um, I, uh, I I would have a problem with that if I was – because you, you want to have your best team available to go to the bowl game when the entire nation is watching. And South Carolina is going to have a chance to play in front of a lot of eyeballs because Notre Dame will bring a lot of eyeballs. Whether Notre Dame is a, a great team or they're just a JV of themselves and they'll be you know partially weakened too. Now, they might have their – you know, they lost their quarterback, who was the backup quarterback, to the transfer portal. But their original starting quarterback, the guy who opened the season as the starter, is getting healthy. And he might be able to play against South Carolina. So they could be facing the original number one guy from Notre Dame. But they will be without their tight end, who was outstanding, and their defensive end, who's outstanding. Those are two guys who've opted out of the bowl game from Notre Dame. Pat, what you got? Just just a thought, and trying to think of other solutions, because I, I am with you, something needs to change, but trying to kind of rationalize it. And one thing that comes to mind for me is I think bowl games are just viewed so differently than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. And where I'm going with this is honest opinion. Do you think, do you, and then also these current players, view bowl games as part of the season or more as an exhibition game? And where I'm going with that is personally – Myself and a lot of folks I know and in my demographic, we view that as, quite frankly, a, a, an exhibition game. I don't view a bowl game as part of the actual season. I view the regular season, and if you make your conference championship, and then if you make the playoff. So, But outside of the playoff, personally, I view bowl games as exhibition, and I would argue that a lot of these players may think the same. So they do feel as though they've already fulfilled their commitment by playing the regular season. And... I just I'm curious your thoughts on that. If there's any credence to that, or just no. Well, which is fine. I know people have said that since the uh, creation of the playoff, it's made every other bowl game irrelevant. Right. When you're talking about the national championship, now is it irrelevant 
when, let's just say, Michigan plays uh, UCLA in the Rose Bowl, like the old Big Ten, back in the days of the Big Ten, Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever it happened to be, when that was the, the big tradition, you know, that carries some juice still. And some of these New Year's Six matchups should be pretty exciting matchups. But you're going to tell Clemson fans who are going to spend thousands of dollars to go to the Orange Bowl that they're going down simply for an exhibition game? And you're asking them to spend literally thousands of dollars for the tickets, for the hotel, for the travel, for the food, just an exhibition. And really, by definition, it probably is just an exhibition game. So you're saying it doesn't mean anything, win or lose. It doesn't matter. In the big picture, when it comes to the playoffs, you're right, it doesn't. But that's what happened by creating a playoff system. You've made these other games irrelevant. And the only thing that drives the attendance is the good supporting nature of the fans because the fans are addicts and they're going to support their team, the real ones, the real fans, the ones who are diehards, who love them, who love their team unconditionally, who love their team regardless of the play caller. They're going to support their team and pay the money and go and travel, and that's what they're counting on. And, um, you know, look, Clemson, Tennessee, they'll probably have – they'll probably sell out the Orange Bowl, I would imagine. That's a marquee matchup. It is, yeah. It's too bad Tennessee's quarterback's out. Um, And, of course, Clemson is starting a new guy at quarterback too. But that's something that Tiger fans, a lot of them, wanted. So they're they're getting what they wanted there. South Carolina, Notre Dame, I mean, that's a big matchup as well. And you got to think for a Gamecock fan base, yes, you had a bowl game last year, the Dukes Mayo, but this is this is a huge bowl game, and it's got to be the biggest you've been to in a decade, probably, give or take. And where I'm going with that is, I would think there will be a, a large contingency that are going to want to travel down to Jacksonville, and as they should, it's a great place to watch a game. Should be a great atmosphere. And it is, you're playing one of the blue bloods of, mm-hmm. of all of college football. Um, so, no, I'm with you. That is a big ask of fans. And then to go, it's it's kind of like, I'll use an example. My dad is a really big Steph Curry fan. Loves watching the Golden State Warriors play. Just loves watching Steph Curry play. Mm-hmm. Well, I try to make it a point each year, if possible, the one time they come to Charlotte to play or maybe Atlanta, somewhere we can easily drive. I like to get us tickets and take him to the game. He used to do that to me growing up. I like to return the favor now. Well, how angry would I be and he be if I spend $500 on getting good tickets for us to go, accommodations, hotel, blah, 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 and then we get there and Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and them aren't playing, I, I'd be furious. I, I would be, I'd be furious. I, I'd, feel, I'd be, be angry for him. So I certainly understand the fans' perspective. I'm just trying to figure out from the players' perspective their thoughts and all I can come up with is maybe they view that as separate from the season. But I don't know if that's – it doesn't seem like a good way of thinking, a good way of having this logic, but it does seem to be what they are doing, I yeah, guess. That happens, you know, in the NBA sometimes. You'll go to oh, a yeah. game, you're the home team, a top visiting team comes in, and they sit their stars down for, yeah. you know, rest purposes, injury issues, whatever the case may be. All right, let's continue with the phone calls for a couple of more minutes. 888-898-2525. Jerry Brown coming up at the bottom of the hour. Andy in Columbia. You're up next here on Sports Talk. Welcome in. Hey, Corn. I think um, Brooklyn just sat eight against Indiana this weekend. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. Kyrie and KD and plus others mm. just um, for that. And also, Mr. Corn, mm-hmm. Juju McDaniel. McDowell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You called him McDaniel twice. Sorry. So I'm just curious about that. Well, that's because on my depth chart I have it written here, Juju McDaniel. 
Well, you better change your depth chart. It's pretty depth. Yeah, in depth. A couple of things. Do we have like an agreement with FSU that like most of our players who go to the portal end up there? Really? I mean, that's three. Yeah, and three good ones. And starters. Uh, I mean, you know, you got Robinson started at safety, and uh, the big left tackle started at left tackle. Yeah, um, turning turning time. Come on now, Andy. You're still on the hot the hotline uh, for his recruiting report now. What's that? What's that? Oh, I'm, oh, I'm oh the Jaheim to... the Jaheim Bell. Wait, is that not what you were alluding to? Am I now the one giving away the recruiting report? No, we've already mentioned that that he's we going to Florida State. It. Oh gosh, yeah. the phone's been ringing off the hook. I've been listening to. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, w- wake up, Pat. Yeah. You, mi- you, you missed like um, half the show already. It's a Monday, Andy. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> okay, another couple of questions regarding. Um, um, Logan, Lo, how do you pronounce his name? The OC who's coming in supposedly. Oh, um, Loggins. Uh, yeah, Loggins is last name. Okay, yeah, so pronounced he's Loggins. a tight end coach. He's a tight end coach. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, we already have a tight end coach on staff. Correct. Correct. Jody he's Wright, coach quarterbacks. He is. He's also coached Who? quarterbacks before. Who? Loggins. He has. Yeah. In his NFL rounds, he was an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Yeah. For who? The Bears? The Jets, the Bears, the Dolphins. Boy, I tell you what, my Jet quarterback, which Jet quarterbacks did he uh Well, I didn't say he was very good at it in the NFL. <laughs> he and Adam Gase were attached at the hip. Take that for what it's worth. I mean, he, uh, um, and you know what? His, uh, look at this. His, uh, I'm looking here on his Wikipedia page. It's already been changed. Let's see. Is this Wikipedia? Well, but you know, Wikipedia is not any dummy can go on Wikipedia and make a change. Excuse you. Okay. Excuse you. <laughs> yeah, porns make changes to Wikipedia. <laughs> Dowell Loggins is, uh, he currently serves as the offensive coordinator for the South Carolina Gamecocks. He's been the offensive coordinator for the Titans, the Bears, the Dolphins, and the Jets. So tomorrow at the bot meeting, he's going to be part of it. Are they going to give um, Shane more money tomorrow? Do you know? I would imagine yes and yes, or at and, some point, uh, or at some point it's going to happen. And um, what's his name? Um, the um, special teams coach. I hope they're going to extend him and make it like almost impossible for someone to buy him out. Well, if um, if anybody about, deserves a raise, it's Pete Limbo. You know, yeah, along he with deserves. Beamer. He deserves triple the money he's making. Done a fantastic right job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he he's just great. But let me ask you: Just I'm going to get off the phone at, on this last question. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, the Lloyd um, moving on might be from the offensive coordinator um, choice? I mean, I have no way of knowing. Uh, is he not happy with who they're hiring? I I you know, this is. Uh, and thank you for the it phone call. This this is timing. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is um, it's it's a similar hire to what you just had at Marcus Satterfield. Shane Beamer obviously prefers a coordinator and quarterbacks coach with NFL background, who runs an NFL style offense, a pro style offense. Apparently, he feels like that is helpful for them in recruiting quarterbacks. And it did help them in getting Rattler to come to South Carolina. Rattler said that. One of the attractions for him was Marcus Satterfield and playing in a pro-style offense. And it's helped them get the – Dante Reno has said the same thing. 
pro-style offense, being coached by a guy with NFL experience, knowing how to get you ready for the NFL. That's what they're looking at. So, obviously, Shane Beamer feels like that's a good formula to have. Now, Satterfield did not have a good offense for uh, most of his time at South Carolina against the quality teams. It did shine, no doubt about it. The offense did shine the last two games. Be right back after the break. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue, we're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Hope, life, and the Great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the Life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, and I've got a great gift idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. All right, get right back into your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Jerry Brown, coach of the Sandlappers, coming up. Get the update on the first day of practice. 
with the South Carolina Shrine Bowl team. Going to stop by there uh, tomorrow for a few minutes after I go to Clemson for Dabo Sweeney. Swing back through Spartanburg, watch some of the uh, the practice. Get on back here for the Talking Tuesday edition of Sports Talk. We go to Lee in Florence. No, we go to Debbie in Columbia. Oh, a rare female ventures in to Sports Talk. Debbie, how hey, are Merry you? Christmas. It's good to have you. Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. You too. I have a question, and I need you to let me vent also. Go ahead. <laughs> My vent first. I'm not happy. I, you know, I'm not happy. I think it doesn't matter whether it's the portal or whether you just elect not to play. That is um, letting your whole team down. It's letting the fans down. And I know a lot of people won't agree with me. And I understand the money aspect of it for these young guys. But at the same time, you you commit to playing. And, and, and as far as I don't consider the bowl game an exhibition game, because isn't that what you strive for, to at least win six games so you can go to a bowl? Isn't that isn't that the goal everybody wants at least go to a bowl game? I mean, that, I don't consider that an exhibition game. And when you commit to play for a university, regardless of the school, you commit because you know what? I read Senator Tim Scott's book recently. And first off, um, this isn't a plug for him, but the forward by his mother is a, is, is enough to to buy that book. I cried I cried the whole time I read it. But anyway, he was talking about he played football in high school, and he was hoping that was going to take him to college, and that was going to that was going to be his way out. And guess what? He got in a car accident before he ever even got out of high school, and it ended his football career in high school. Mm. So, like you said earlier, you can get injured in a in a game during regular season. So these players that don't want to like Debo Sam, I lost all respect for Debo Samuels when he didn't play for our play with us in that bowl game a few years ago. All all lost all respect for him. But you know what? You can get you can get injured anytime. Look at poor Marcus Lattimore. So my point is though that can happen. So that to me is a cop out. And that is not playing and being a team player. You're letting your teammates down and you're letting your fan base down. I'm so disappointed in these players. I, I, I just, it just, that's why we can't, that's why we can't ever win and win a division or anything or a championship because all of our good players always bail on us and they never come back. But that's just that's me. My question to you guys: Can y'all ex- elaborate a little more on the portal? How exactly? Where is the cutoff? Where? Is it? Because to me, how do coaches plan? How can they plan and know how to coach if they don't? If they're not sure and certain which players they're going to have and not have? First of all, Debbie, I love you. That was fantastic. I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm just I hope hope anytime you call in the future, you go right to the front of the line, even ahead of Gamecock Larry. That was great stuff. I'll answer your question coming up. We've got the Shrine Bowl coach coming up as well. Back in a moment.
right, we'll get back to your phone calls in a little bit. we got recruiting coming up as well. But great lead-in for all that is a visit with the coach of South Carolina's team. This is the one team that we can all agree upon that we all root for. You know, if you're a Clemson fan, you can't root for the Gamecocks, vice versa. Even in the Touchstone Energy North-South game, if you're from the North, you want to beat the South. This is about South Carolina's team, the Sand Lappers, going up against the Tar Heels of North Carolina Saturday in the 86th Shrine Bowl at Spartanburg High School. Coach Jerry Brown joining us, the head coach of the Sand Lappers this time around. Everybody roots for the Sand Lappers here in South Carolina. Coach, how are you, sir? Doing great, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate Pre- it. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us. Day one is in the books. What do you think of the uh, first two practices? I think they'll sleep well tonight. I think we got a lot done. Had a great uh, opening practice this morning. Kids really excited, ready to hit. And then this afternoon, they got the same thing again. They got a little worn down, so they'll sleep well tonight, though. Did you did you put them through some physical workouts the first two times out? We didn't. Uh, you know, we hit a decent amount, but main thing we we're just uh, trying to get them a little bit on their feet, and we were trying to run a lot of plays at them. And uh, then we'll get a little more physical tomorrow, maybe. Let's talk about the offense first. What kind of things are you uh, putting in there and, and hoping to run with these uh, with these guys? Well, we're looking at a couple of different offenses. I got some uh, Coach Fleming from Broome is great on uh, four wides, and uh, he's look. We're looking at that. But the running back we have both the running backs we have and the quarterback we have. Uh, sellers from uh, South Florence are really uh, runners for inside, outside zone, and counters. So we're looking at that also as far as in a one-back situation with uh, some zones and counters. And what about the quarterback competition? How would you sum it up so far after day one? Yeah, I think we got two really good quarterbacks. I think both of them good athletes. Both of them are big guys. And they can run the football, and uh, they uh, they they know what they're looking at when the defense walks up there. Offensive line, what do you like about the group you've put together? Again, uh, we got some guys that they don't want to just block you; they want to bulldoze over. And we we got some good looking linemen. I do think we're going to be uh, we won't be able to match up with North Carolina as far as size, but again, uh, trying to work on that technique uh, with the zones and. Uh, you may look at some of that right now on a video, but uh, we got the backs that know what the zone's about, so we'll see how, how we how we do that. Yeah, anybody kind of emerge here in day one at the running back spot to kind of grab your eye? Well, again, uh, you know, Jarvis Green's one of the best backs we've had in the state in a while. He's not that big. That's why he's not recruited by Division One. but they kind of they kind of missing out on that kid because that kid's a game-changer. And the colleges really need to need to division one or, or bypassing a, a great running back and a great kid too, I think, in Jarvis. What about at wide receiver? I see you've got Sudarian Harrison from Woodland, who's kind of a the athlete type, quarterback athlete type, got him playing at wide receiver. How would you how would you grade the overall talent there and the speed at wide receiver? Yeah, I think we'll match up fine as far as speed and athletic ability with him and Elijah Caldwell from uh, Northwestern, and again uh, from Wilson. Got Butler from Wilson. All those are, are, are real fine receivers, and we can get the ball to them, along with the backside of the backfield are real good. Uh, Marquise Spell, again, he's a good speedster, but he'll run up the middle also. 
from the other running back spot. Let's talk about the defense as we visit with Jerry Brown, coach of the Sandlappers, Shrine Bowl team. Let's go to defensive side, coach. And uh, you don't have Mr. Football, Xavier McLeod. He's not in the game. Uh, but what about the rest of your defensive front that you selected? Well, interesting enough, the last time I was up here was in uh, 22 years ago. We had Mr. Football, too, but he didn't start. So, again, you know, that seems to be okay there. But, you know, <laughs> defensively, uh, I've got a coach, Mark Hodge. Coach Hodge from Swartenburg does a great job uh, as far as defensively. And so uh, I'm kind of a, a figurehead. But he's done a good job with the secondary. he got some good hitters in the secondary. I've got some really tough linebackers, linebacker from – Timberland is real good. The one from, and we got four from the Low Country, which wasn't due to me, but it's due because they're some of the best. We got Garvin from uh, Ashley Ridge, and then we got Cameron from uh, comes from Cane Bay. And again, those are four good linebackers. We feel good about our linebackers and defensive line. Like I said, we're going to be a little undersized against maybe North Carolina, but I think we've got. Uh, three or four good ones that can hang in there pretty good. How well do your linebackers run? I think they run real well, and uh, they in a bad mood when they get there. Hmm. Well, you like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we definitely got some hitters, and uh, they, can, they can cover on pass pretty well, too, but uh, speed-wise, we can match up okay. All right, secondary. Uh, what kind of things can you do within the rules in your secondary? Can you mix it up, zone and man? Oh, yeah, zones, all you got to do, you got to line head up on the center, head up on the tackle, and the, and the linebackers have to line up on the guards. And other than that, you, you, you free-wheeling pretty much on defense. Offensively, you just got to have a back in the backfield. And uh, that's about, again, when it's one of the usual thing too, when it's a third down or fourth down and short, or you get inside the 10 defensively, you can run any defense you want to. So you can go anywhere you want to there. Can you blitz? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Have you got a nice you got a nice blitz package? You think? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, Coach Hodge, he's got it nailed down. Nailed down. He can get one more wherever you are. Depends on just him knowing what you know, kind of what you want to do. What's your main thing to take away is. When you look at the North Carolina team, what concerns you? You've mentioned their size a couple of times, but as far as their skill positions and and how they will try to move the football, what concerns you the most? Yeah, we only have, like I said, one-day scout report. And, again, that's, uh, you know, we don't have video. We just got a scout report. Yeah. So that's real hard to tell. But what I can tell you is they're going to outweigh us. They go, we're going to give up some size to them. I've seen those guys come through the breakfast line. <laughs> and you see how much they pile on their plates? They've been, they've been eating. They ain't missed many meals. <laughs> well, can you offset that with speed maybe, speed and quickness? Well, again, I think, you know, we got to get a hat on a hat. That's why we're working on zone, inside-outside zone and the counter, and just try to get a hat on a hat and let Jarvis and let uh, Mr. Spells do what they do and also the guy from uh, South Florence, quarterback, Sellers, and, again, Hakeem Jeter from uh, the other. So, again, sometimes the running back will have it, and sometimes he'll fake, and the quarterback will keep it. So it's still going to be the same play, but you got to figure out having a running quarterback is like having a 12th man. And, and defensive people know that. But, again, uh, I think by having the ability for us to run the running backs, good running backs, I had the ability of the quarterback to keep it, uh, again, is a good concept. And, and how do you want to handle the quarterback situation? Do you um, Are you going to alternate them early to see which one maybe has a better grasp on things and is moving the team better? Or 
you want to settle on one and just go with one? How do you want to handle that? No, both those guys are doing very well, and both of them deserve a chance to you know show what we can do. Of course, you're a hot hand during the games. Just have to wait and see. But I think both of them are very capable, uh, equally capable of having a good game. I think there's a lot of pluses on both of them side. Well, we thank you so much for being with us and enjoy the evening. I know you got a lot of work in front of you if you guys continue to to plan. And I'm going to stop by there tomorrow, take a look at the uh, the afternoon practice. So I'll say hello to you. Interesting enough, Phil, I played here in 67 and I coached in 2000. So, again, that's been a pretty good span, and uh, hopefully I can finish up on a good note. That's not too bad. 67 is when you played. I played in 67 and coached 22 years ago and head coach so again hopefully we can finish out well there you go coach good luck thank you for the visit we'll see you tomorrow thank you thank you very much coach jerry brown boy he's done it all he's been the head coach he's been a player and he's been an assistant coach at the shrine bowl he's done everything you can possibly do related to that game we do wish them the best of luck always enjoy the shrine bowl and want to see the sand it's the one time Here in the state, you can come out and root for a team and not feel bad about it, and so we all root for the Sandlappers, don't we? All root for the Sandlappers to beat the Tar Heels. All right, let's hit the break, and we'll come back and give you the recruiting report tonight, and then we can take a few more phone calls after that, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you in here to Sports Talk. We'll continue with some phone calls after the break, after we give you the recruiting report as well. Back in just a moment. Don't go away. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seacattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's, where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. 
your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. Life. It has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Give you the recruiting report here on Sports Talk, brought to you each and every night by our good friends at Seawells. Another big week for you at Seawells. Daily luncheon buffet from 11 till 2 o'clock. Hope you can make it over there sometime this week. I certainly plan to this week since I've got a, a full week in town. I'm going to make it over there and have myself a, a chow down. I call it a chow down when I go to Seawells to eat. And uh, just stay out of my way. Don't get in my way when I'm coming down the line. I'm building up momentum. You know, they start with the meats. They got the meats up front. Remember that, Pat? They got the meats up front. You got some momentum as you go on down the assembly line there. Then you got your vegetables. You get your vegetables going. Then you got your salad. Then you got your dessert. And you got your beverage. It's all for $13. Cannot be uh, defeated. They are undefeated when it comes to their daily luncheon buffet, as well as in their catering business as well. 803 771 7385 That's how you can reach out to them. So tomorrow at 2 o'clock, it's going to be Jarvis Green of Dutch Fork, a finalist for Mr. Football, rushed for over 2,200 yards, 33 touchdowns this season. Really went unnoticed by the Power Fives until in the last week or so. Clemson offered, Virginia Tech offered. He decommitted from James Madison. And he said to get the offers from Virginia Tech and Clemson, it meant a lot, showed that his hard work was paying off. And he credits his coach, Tom Knotts, his teammates, for helping him get to uh, where he is now. He's been to Clemson multiple times. He called Clemson his dream offer. And he was excited when Dabo Sweeney contacted him and told him that he had the offer. And so he's going to announce his commitment Tomorrow, all indications point towards Clemson, of course. That'll happen about uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, right about the time they go to their afternoon practice. So Clemson likely to end up with Green and Jamarius Haynes of Roanoke, Alabama, for their two running backs in this class. USC made the short list Sunday with one of the top edge rushers in the 24 class, defensive end Jalen Harvey, 6'2", 235, Gaithersburg, Maryland. He named a top 11 USC, Maryland, Tennessee, Michigan, Southern Cal, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Penn State, Louisville, and Pitt. He was offered by the Gamecocks last week. 2024 corner Emilio Agar to Philadelphia. Today, named his final five, plans to commit next summer, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State. Those are the five. 
Miami continues to pursue USC commitment defensive tackle Xavier McLeod, according to Kane Sport. The report stated that Miami coaches were in Camden last week to visit McLeod and were planning to return this week. At first, I thought that was kind of foolish because I thought McLeod was going to be in the Shrine Bowl. I did not realize that he had opted out of the Shrine Bowl. So he is available to be visited this week. USC commitments, safety Vakari Swain, offensive tackle Isaiah Jada, offered by Dion at Colorado. See what happens there. Linebacker Cameron Robinson, 6'2", 215 of Tappahannock, Virginia, took an official to Florida State over the weekend. He told the FSU 24-7 sports site that he'll visit South Carolina this coming weekend. He's been a Virginia commitment since July. Took officials to Virginia and Virginia Tech in June. USC target transfer tied in. C.J. Dupre was offered by Alabama on an official visit over the weekend. He is scheduled to visit USC this weekend. And let me pronounce that as Dupree. C.J. Dupree transfer from Maryland. USC reportedly has offered Kent statewide receiver transfer Devontez Walker. USC offered 2025 offensive tackle Braden Jacobs, 25 receiver C.J. Wiley, 25 athlete Omari Anderson. They're all from Alpharetta, Georgia. And they offered 25 receiver Jaden Sellers, South Florence, the brother of USC target quarterback Lenoris Sellers. Clemson offered 24 quarterback Walker White of Little Rock and 23 running back Peyton Straco of Cumming, Georgia. That's a PWO opportunity for Straco. He plans to take an official visit at Clemson tomorrow. Camden defensive end Shamik Jones committed to Appalachian State. 2024 offensive tackle Blake Franks of Greenville was offered by Auburn. USC target tight end Nick Harbor of Washington, D.C. took his official visit to Maryland over the weekend. Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports interviewed him, and he raved about the weekend. He also has canceled an official visit to Georgia for this coming weekend. Now, he's not going to be an early signee, so he may take more visits, including LSU and Georgia, in 2023 in January. He's a big-time sprinter, as you know. He's got Olympic aspirations. Maryland went uh, all-in with him. He visited with the president. He was at the basketball game. They were chanting his name. They went in on him very strongly, getting a strong push there. DMV recruiting to stay in the uh, in the Maryland area. We'll see what happens. The USC has been very strong with him, of course, for a while. USC is reportedly involved with NC State transfer quarterback Devin Leary. This according to Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports. Former USC tight end Jaheim Bell committed to Florida State. He was there over the weekend. Former Clemson linebacker Kevin Swint, he committed to Georgia State. Clemson made a PWO offer to Batesburg-Leesville defensive end tight end Patrick Swigert. Oceanside collegiate running back Vaughn Blue decommitted from Charlotte. He rushed for 1,400 yards this season. 2024, 6'7", Darion Reed of Grovetown, Georgia, was offered by USC. And in baseball, 2026 right-hander third baseman Lucas Kennedy of Tallahassee committed to Clemson. There you go. Recruiting report for tonight here on Sports Talk. Remember to check it out on our website, sportstalksc.com. And on Twitter, use the hashtag STRecruiting. 
Uh, let's see. Before we get back to your phone calls, before we do that, I wanted to take a look at the transfer portal, John. How many are entered using the uh, on three transfer portal database? They're showing 1,211 are in the database, have entered it. 86 have committed. That's 7.1%. And 16 have withdrawn since uh, getting into it. See if anybody here of interest has jumped in in the last uh, few minutes. Um, oh, look at here. Ali Jennings out of Old Dominion. He has committed to Virginia Tech. I mentioned him because uh, he is the brother of former Clemson defensive back um, from up in Virginia. Help me, Pat. From Highland Springs. Played in the NFL. Um, no, what's his name? Quads. I'll look it up in a minute. Let's see if anybody else here has done anything. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't. Um, Al Blades Jr. is transferring from Miami to Duke. How about that? And let's see if anybody else here has done anything. Uh, Trey Knox was mentioned from Arkansas, tied in, jumping into the portal. And let's see if anybody else. Um, Jaheim Bell, we talked about him. Marshawn Lloyd talked about him. Phil, I missed part of what you said, but I'm, I'm looking up NFL players from Highland Springs. Recently, uh, you have Mackay Becton and Kayvon Wallace. Yeah, Kayvon. Kayvon. Yeah, he played at Clemson. Remember yeah. him? Kayvon yeah. Wallace. That's his brother. So I, I thought maybe, and, and South Carolina recruited him out of high school too. I thought maybe one or both of those might get interested. He had a really good year at Old Dominion, but he's going to go to Virginia Tech. Okay, let's go back to the phones. While we have a few more minutes here on Sports Talk, we are headed next uh, to Daryl in Heath Springs. Hello, Daryl. Welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? I'm good, Phil. How are you doing tonight? Hey, we're doing hey, great. Uh, yep. All right. Quick quick question for you. Uh, Jadavion, did he not play in the bowl in his last year? Was that the Michigan hit? Well, he played in the bowl. Was that that was, he did hit Michigan's uh, guy's helmet to the moon in the bowl game there in Tampa. Was, that, was, his last, was that his last year at South Carolina? Well, let me check. What year was that, Pat? Uh, in, in, South Carolina versus Michigan was in um, 2010, 2011. Let's see. It was a 2013 – Outback Bowl, so it would have been the 2012 season, which I think was Clowney's last year, 2012. Well, my, my point is Rogers played his last year. Clowney, uh, let's see, who's uh, Sterling Sharp and even Bruce Ellington. All four of those guys did not opt out of a bowl game, did they? Oh, no. No, nobody thought. To my the, knowledge. The first one to opt out of a bowl game, and that was unheard of, was Fournette. From LSU, he opted out, but right. he had injuries. He had injuries. The next right. one to do it of notoriety, I believe, was Christian McCaffrey, who had also had some injuries, but he was healthy at the time that Stanford was going to the bowl game, and he opted out. And I remember talking about it on the show. I said, okay, here you go. This is going to start yep. becoming more and more uh, of a not an issue, but a thing. More and more players are going to start doing it, and we see what happened. Well, it- what's happened now. Yeah, exactly. Now, I guess they don't see see where the uh, well all the money comes from that makes yeah college football's big money thing. But you know what? 
I've been a season ticket holder since '78, and and uh, and I die hard man love this season, but I will not get them next year. I'm not buying tickets. I just uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch it on TV, but I'm not buying tickets next year. I don't know who's gonna be there playing for them. I'm worse on the opt out than the transfer portal, John. Yeah, I, I really, I really just like that. <laughs> Clowney, Very by the much. way, did play his final season. They played in the Capital One Bowl against against Wisconsin. He did play. Yeah, 2013. He did. Play. Okay. All hey, right. I'll, I'll leave you with this. Four. I'll leave you with this. College football is Army Navy game. You watch Army Navy game. That's what college football was and should be like. Pretty much limited to the Army Navy game. That'll do it, folks. Have a great night. See you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.